Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Nation, welcome back to the 32nd episode of the Respect Our Decision podcast. It is March 15th. As always, I'm your boy Hirsch, and with me is the hype man Wes. What's good? And CJ the man McCann. What's going on? Hey, hey, Gator Nation, another full episode on deck for you. A little recruiting, a little coaching hire finally got done. And of course, you know, we, we got a couple of spring notes, not a whole lot to talk about on that end. But then, of course, been another great weekend for the Gators baseball team. CJ's going to run all that down and around the bases at the end of the show. And as always, guys, make sure you go out there, download this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. We're available on every platform out there. If you're uh, new to us, guys, check out our YouTube channel, Respect Our Decision. Go ahead. And if you got time, man, drop us a subscribe there. Uh, hit the notification bell so you get a notification anytime we drop some new content. We drop two episodes a week, one exclusive to our YouTube channel, our uh, Pod of the People episode, which we'll be dropping later this week. And as always, guys, if you'd like to support us as creators, check out our Patreon, Respect Our Decision. And before we jump into the content, want to always mention, man, we are partnered with Prize Picks, guys. If you have not signed up for Prize Picks, now's a great time. NBA playoffs coming up uh we got mlb is about to hit it full stride opening day is right around the corner uh xfl cj's favorite sports out there man drawing all kinds of people (laughs) (laughs) all all hundred of them hey man even the masters is around the corner go get some golf action so use our code respect 100 and prize picks will match your first 
uh, deposit up to $100, man. Go out there and make you some money. Daily Fantasy made easy by Prize Picks. All right, boys, we're going to jump right into it, man. We got some recruiting nuggets, a few things, not a whole lot going on. It's the spring. Guys are visiting. I mean, guys are just in and out, man. It's like it's like a daggum fast food uh, drive through right now. Guys are just coming through, walking the town, out the other side, and on to the next town. A lot of that going on. Um, potential uh, great news that came out earlier this week is that DJ Lagway will be back in town. What looks to be for the spring game. Um, that's that's the belief is that it's supposed to be for the spring game to be on on hand with every all the other recruits that are in town. Man, making his recruiting pitch, hoping to get some of these guys to join him in a in Gainesville for for the next class. Uh, it's always great to see DJ come back into town. It just more and more shows how sold he is on, on being in Gainesville. He sent a tweet out earlier this week saying, you know, it, it can't come soon enough that he gets to Gainesville and makes Gainesville home. Uh, the young man definitely says all the right things, guys. Don't you agree? Definitely. Yeah, you got to love that kid and his attitude and the things he puts out there just is is attracting other kids and making other kids uh, – want to be a part of what he sees. They, they, it makes them want to come like, what is what does he see? The highly talented kid uh, in the 2024 class as far as quarterbacks, as far as players, this period. And if he's loving it down there and putting this stuff out there, then that, that's going to make other kids like, what does he see? I want to see what he sees down there. So you got to love it from your leader, your class. Yeah, man. Um, before we move on to some other names, though, I mean, while we're talking about the quarterback position, uh, we'd be remiss not to mention – the new hot name on the board for the Gators for the 2025 class. Hey, when it comes to quarterback recruiting, it's never too early to start talking about that next class. These quarterbacks commit early and they get to work. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the hot name right now for the Gators is 2025 quarterback Austin Simmons out of Pahokee, Florida. Uh, Austin currently is number 66-ranked kid in the 2025 class. Uh, by all accounts, it's just a baller. And has had a had, – he took a visit to Gainesville, I believe it was last week, and has had nothing but just positive things to say since. Um, when the wide receiver coach was – hire was announced earlier this week, which we'll talk about later on the show, he was one of the first kids that actually had a reaction to it jumping on board and saying, you know, just send out a tweet that said, yeah, with an exclamation point. Just little things like that. I mean, he's a kid that's really excited about the Gators right now. Uh, anything y'all would like to add about that? It seems that this, this staff has done a good job of finding, like they did with DJ last year, finding their guy, going after him full throttle. Uh, and this is around the time again for 2025 that you want to get your quarterback in early if you can. Um, and this kid seems to enjoy it uh, the same way DJ was last year. Seems to enjoy Gainesville, tweeting out positive stuff. So if you can get him in there early, then you start your way onto the 25 class as well with another leader. Uh, you want to get that quarterback in early as you can. So uh, got to love it. Oh, definitely. I'd, I'd love to get a kid like him. He seems like he's only going to rise. Uh, you know, he's still got, you know, two more years of high school football left to play. Anytime you get a kid from his area, you're talking about an athlete 
Uh, they just seem to produce great athletes down there in the muck. So muck don't I, play. I mean, I'd love to have him. Uh, you know, it's still a long ways off. You know, you're still kind of looking at you know when he's going to commit is is a little ways. But you know, you do want to go ahead and get your name in there. They gave him his official offer, um, and he seems like he wants to come back and keep visiting. He's going to be a tough pull. You're you're talking about a kid that's probably going to get attention from Alabama. He's probably going to get attention from Georgia. He's already on Miami's radar. Florida State's probably going to try to talk to him. So you're you're looking at a lot of different teams from this area are definitely going to try to recruit him. So he's going to be a hard pull. But you know, DJ was a hard pull too. So I'm not going to doubt it. You know, these if this is the guy they want, they're going to identify their quarterback and they're going to pick Austin Simmons. I have no issues with it, and definitely they've they've shown that they can get it done. Yes, sir. I mean, there's one thing you can't doubt about this staff is is they're they're all over these quarterbacks and years ahead of time. Uh, just you know, once again, goes back to you always hear about Billy how planned and meticulously planning Billy is, and it really shows in the quarterback recru- you know recruiting as he's looking not just the next year, but two, three, four years down the road. It's, you know, who's our quarterback going to be? And, hey, man, sell it. Like, you can't get those quarterbacks in too early. You know, the earlier you get them in, the better. Then they get to work for you. So, all right, guys, we're going to talk about a few big names from the 2024 class that are going to be in town over the next two to three weeks, starting off with – um. Jordan Seaton out of Washington, D.C. <coughs> Excuse me. Number one interior offensive lineman in the country. Number 41 overall in the 247 composite. Uh, is coming to town for a two-day visit for March 20th and the 21st next week. Uh, Big-time guy here. Currently predicted by uh, Whitphone to go to Ohio State. Not much of a surprise, but... I have to say, man, with the way our offensive line recruiting goes, and especially on the interior, I wouldn't put us out of it yet until the kid steps on campus for sure. Any thoughts on y'all from that? Uh, I mean, I think that it's um, it's really important. Um, Allie Peak talked about it on her show, uh, how, how much of a benefit it is for us to have two offensive line coaches because you can sell to a kid and his parents that there's not many other schools, if any, that your kid is going to get as much attention, as much work, and have have this kind of support anywhere else. He's always got a coach, and and that's important. And we've seen that come true with a lot of kids that we've recruited on the offensive line that really kind of buy into that. And I, I think that that's one of the main reasons we have the two offensive line coaches. It is a good sell, especially, like I said, to your parents, that he's going to get the best training here. We've got two coaches that are going to make sure that he has attention all the time, can always be working on his game. There's never a dull moment. There's never any neglect there because you have these two coaches to kind of go in there and make sure that he's getting all the reps he needs and working on things. You've got two different sets of eyes of coaches that are looking and see two different things to kind of help out with. So I think that our offensive line recruiting is going to benefit for that from that greatly, uh, and we're going to start to see that kind of come true, especially in the next recruiting class. Yes, sir. Wes, anything you'd like to add? 
Yeah, just small amounts. CJ kind of like covered a, a lot of good points there. Um, and just echoing what he said, this is uh, where you get the two coaches. Uh, they got to start putting in, you, you know, I, I kind of said last year we didn't hit any uh, big name guys as far as offensive tackles. And as that goes, Kearney was a good pickup. Uh, but you want to keep stacking talent on top of talent. This guy is a highly talented guy. You have two offensive line coaches. Uh, they need to uh, get us in this, at least be in the top two where we don't know what it's early uh, and they need to submit a great relationship and start the process of making this kid really consider uh, us as a, uh, uh, as uh, us as a home for him to be able to come to. So um, I'm looking to see how this recruitment uh Falls out. You got deep, you got a, a, a great quarterback in the class. Uh, offensive lineman want to play for that type of guy as well. So uh, this is where DJ comes in as well. So hopefully we can uh, seal a deal with this kid. I, I really want him. You know, I feel about the twenty fourth class. He'll be a great pickup for us. Yes, sir. All right, let's move on to the next big name. This was tweeted out yesterday that this young man had announced his uh, visits here coming up for the spring. Colin Simmons, number one defensive end in the country, number four overall in the 247 composite, big-time player out of Texas, will be in town April the 23rd, the weekend of. Um, This is a huge visit, obviously. You never get too much defensive line talent, and we know that from last class. And, uh, you know, what do you see on Twitter – when you log in today is him tweeting at DJ Lagway saying he's getting antsy, you know, and DJ tweeting back at him. Um, man, you love to see it, but we'd love to see him uh, commit to the Gators more than just a few casual tweets on Twitter, obviously. <laughs> any, any thoughts to add to that guys? Uh, the fact that he tweeted at our quarterback, uh, makes it just echoes what we've been saying and early in the podcast about how magnetic DJ is uh, for him to, you know, say something to him. I was hurt by Keon Keeley last year. You know, I really wanted him in the class last year. <laughs> <laughs> this will, did they say the, the easiest way to get over a breakup is to, to find somebody else. So Move <laughs> if, on. if I can get this kid in 24 class, I'd be ecstatic. Uh, we know that, uh, a couple years ago, we were kind of stacked at rushing. Uh, this is a guy that can play that side, and we don't have the numbers there like we had in the past. A lot of guys transferred out. Um, the playing time will be there for this kid early. Uh, he is number one DN, so that's the type of guy that you know, uh, especially on the D-line, five-star DN that you know can come in and, and contribute right away. So he has to see that, and I just need us to I, – I this is a guy I want. I, we really, really – I hope that visit – uh, really solidifies us as a true contender. I'm scared of the Texas schools, if I'm going to be honest, with Texas A&M and Texas in, 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 uh, in the mix. So that's my fear. Um, so I'm not going to get my hopes high on him being from Texas and having those two schools uh, in his uh, top – I don't know if he had a top eight, top five, top ten, but I know they're true contenders for him because he has visits to them coming up. Translation, Wes is ready to get hurt again. <laughs> yeah. We stay, we stay ready to get hurt in this fan base. Uh, I'm, I'd, I'd love to get him. I mean, obviously, that's a huge talent to add. I mean, that would be ridiculous. That would be a monster deal if we could get a guy like him in 
Um, you know, and, and then too, to speak to the, the Twitter stuff, you know, at least, you know, it really seems like DJ is keeping good on his promise about trying to recruit when he got in here. He wasn't going to just be one of these kind of players who commits to the class and you don't really hear from them. They don't really try to make contact with other kids. They're just kind of staying in their lane. And DJ has all the time been on Twitter trying to talk to different recruits. So that is one really uh, assuring thing for, for him to, to be doing that. Um, and like I said, you never know until you get the kid on campus. That, that is, that's always what I think is get the kid on campus. Let's see where he's at. And then we'll kind of uh, go from there. So let, let's get him here. Let's see what his vibe is. You know, you could say one thing on Twitter and things change, but let's get him here. Let's get him on campus, show him what we have to offer, show him the big, you know, shiny things and, you know, you give him, give him a reason to come back again for an official visit. Absolutely, man. Sell, sell, sell. ABC, man. Always be closing. Always. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just a couple more names just to throw out there before we move on from the recruiting talk for today. Uh, defensive back uh, Wardell Mack is visiting early in April out of uh, Louisiana. He's number 115 overall prospect in the composite currently. Um Corey Raymond trying to dig into some of those Louisiana roots he had, bring a, bring a kid out here. As it, you know, it's always a tough pull to get any kid highly ranked out of the state of Louisiana. So, um, hey, man, take a swing. Hopefully, you know, Raymond works on those relationships he's got out there and maybe gets us one here. Uh, another note, real quick, wide receiver Elijah Moore out of Maryland. He's a 6'4", 190-pound rod receiver. Is also visiting in early April, around the 6th. He'll make a trip down here. He's newly offered um, a kid that's rising in the rankings. He's currently a, like a high three-star, low four-star, depending on what site you're looking at. Um, but a kid that is currently rising up the rankings and getting some big offers here lately. So I believe that's a kid you'll continue to see rise, given his offer list. So get him to come down, take a visit. Maybe come down, you know, get DJ in his in his ear and see what happens. Another one right. of those, you know. There's going to be some uh, interesting looks here at the wide receiver position, and that's that's our segue, guys, into uh, our our uh, wide receiver coach finally got hired this week, and by God, third three times, third times a charm, is it? And third time, Billy Gonzalez has found his way back home once again. Um, I, this is a topic I know the fan base is going to be torn on. Regard, you know, everyone's going to have an opinion. They're going to blame Billy for the big slow receivers that we had. You know, and a lot of people are going to be like, "Well, look at Billy's body of work." You know, and all the guys he's put in the league while he was here and the production. You know, whether it be the first stint he was here with Percy and Lewis Murphy and those guys, to you know Dallas Baker to, you know, the last run where he was here. We had Swain, Cleveland, Van Jefferson. Uh, Tony came out to give uh, Billy G a lot of praise for making him the receiver he is today. And, I mean, you can't really um, say a whole lot negative against that. I mean, if you look at the Tony's career, you know, Tony was not a great route runner for years and didn't take his – didn't take his – 
career seriously for a while there. He, he was a quarterback. Year. He was a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, but even 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 as a you know as he progressed and he was later on he was still kind of just get him the ball on that swing pass or you know an end around or whatever but that last year he was here it get it goes lost in the shuffle Tony was a very good route runner Trask was you know knew where Tony was going to be and depended on it and would put that ball on a spot and Tony would be there man so. You can say what you want. I mean, yes, obviously, someone like Darius Tony has a ton of athletic talent. All his receiving yards were not based on, you know, Billy G's coaching. He he made a lot of that happen. But he, Billy Billy Gonzalez has put a lot of guys in the league, and a lot of and all of those guys. I I haven't found one really yet that has come forward and said, oh, I don't really care for the guy. Maybe Percy Harvin. <laughs> uh, but. That's a whole nother uh that's a whole nother can of worms. But guys, what's your opinion? CJ? I like Billy G. I, I don't have a problem with Billy G. If we're talking the last great the the great receivers we've had for the <coughs> last two decades, they've all been coached by Billy Gonzalez or recruited by Billy Gonzalez. So I, I don't have a problem with bringing him in. I think it's a good, safe hire. Um, people, it's not, it's not a splash. It's not something where you're hiring like an Austin Armstrong, who's a young up and coming coach. It's a guy that you're hiring as a proven commodity. Who's kind of in the later years of his career, but has a great body of work and will be able to bring kind of a stability and a seniority to that room. You look at his entire body of work. We're talking Billy Gonzalez with the wide receivers. He's coached. I mentioned you mentioned Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony was a quarterback when he came to Florida, so he it was going to have to have a lot of coaching to become a great wide receiver and not just a great athlete. So you saw slowly Kadarius kind of turn into this really good wide receiver who can make these quick cuts and these quick jumps to be a a really really good receiver at the next level now. He wasn't just an athlete. He wasn't just a guy that you throw out there like a kickoff return guy. He became a good wide receiver. Um, and, again, you know, goes without saying all the other guys that we're talking about, like DeBose and Percy and those guys that came through here. Sure, they were all great athletes, and they were going to be great athletes with or without Billy G, but Billy G really turned a lot of these guys into good receivers and great receivers. Um, and, and then for the, like, the recruiting, I know it's kind of a – and, you know, people don't really like to talk about it, but Jacob Copeland was a high recruit, highly rated recruit coming out of high school out of Pensacola. And and Billy G was really intricate in making sure that, that Jacob Copeland came to Florida. Um, then you talk about Isaiah Bond, who was committed here before he got before Billy G left. So the guy can recruit. Uh, and a lot of what the problem with the wide receiver that people had it wasn't necessarily – it's not that Billy Gonzalez handpicked all these guys. You, you can only recruit what, you, what your head coach wants to recruit. So now we're seeing – we've got a guy who's like Billy Napier, who is a former wide receiver coach. Now he's going to work with Billy Gonzalez. Billy Gonzalez isn't going to be able to take a lot of time off or any of that other junk, you know, and just kind of like phone it in. He's not going to do that in this staff. If he does, he won't be here long. And we'll be seeing Billy G when he's at his best and is giving it a hundred percent. He's a pretty damn good recruiter. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And there's a lot of recency bias that's really going to hurt Billy G. 
And, and and I think that's really what what's the problem with people is they're just looking at what happened, you know, towards the end when he was here. But even when towards the end when he was here, people were still kind of clamoring for Billy G to stay. There was a lot of that. They were like, oh, we need to just keep Billy G. Him and Christian Robinson both were two guys that came up. So I'm great with the Billy G hire. I think it's a good hire. It's a safe hire. It's a guy that knows what he's doing. He's here. He's coached a lot of the kids that are already here. I'm I'm completely fine with it. I know everybody isn't going to be thrilled with it, but I personally really like this. Wes? Yeah. Um, people also have to consider the time of year. It's not like it's December or January where you can get a new coach in. Coaches are coaching spring practice right now, and it's hard to steal another coach uh, that's already at a, a decent school to say, come, hey, do this lateral job move. It's not like you're calling him in and say, hey, I want you to be offense coordinator. You're asking a guy that's already been there, like how we got Armstrong, he was a linebacker coach, and we got him to be a defense coordinator. That's not a lateral move. You can't get someone to, unless you get someone from a, a smaller school, that's the only way you're going to be able to get that type of guy in here. So, like CJ said, it's a safe move. Uh, it's not something like, like, oh, we hit something out of the park. But it's also not a bad move. Uh, I like Billy G. You you label some of the guys. I want people to realize that Kyle Pitts didn't work out with the tight ends. Kyle Pitts worked out with the receivers. His development was, as a true freshman as well, was with Billy Gonzalez. So his development uh, stuff is uh, speaks for itself as far as his resume, as far as getting the most out of the guys that were already here, like the Hammonds and the Swains. Those guys were already here before he got here, and he helped develop them. And a lot of his receiver recruits, based off what Mullen wanted, like CJ said, was what Mullen wanted, but they were all four-stars. Reynolds was a four-star. Frazier's, who I love, who I think is going to have a breakout year, a four-star. Henderson was a four-star that we beat out Clemson for. He just didn't – he's just not the guy that we were hoping for when we got him, but those are guys – all those guys were four-stars. You mentioned Bond from Alabama. He was a different type of receiver, the speedy type receiver, but – when he left, uh, we all know how that went. When Billy G left and the thing happened with Napier, that's why he's at Bama. But that's a guy that Billy G had in in pocket. So uh, people need to stop hating on this. They got to consider the, the time of it because the time matters. Uh, it's March. I don't know who they think we were going to get at this time of year. Um, and it's a safe hire and a good guy that knows the area and can develop receivers very, very well. Yeah, one of the biggest <clears throat> excuse me, one of the biggest hits I see people talking about with Billy G right now is um the guys that he recruited to Gainesville actually doing something. Uh the Copelands, uh Marcus Birch, you know, guys like that that were highly, you know, recruited that haven't really panned out. Um but guys, sometimes you got to understand that. That doesn't just fall on the coach all the time. The the kids have to buy in. And we know Jacob Copeland had talent. There was no question that Cope had talent. But we all know that Cope wasn't always, you know, bought in. And Cope couldn't always make catches. (laughs) I mean, some kids kids just can't catch. (laughs) Copeland went up to Maryland, and he didn't exactly set the world on fire there either. Went to the combine and did really well. Put up great numbers. He's a hell of an athlete. Um, the, there's a lot hits, of that. What? I was, was just, just going to piggyback on is a. If you look at Alabama's roster, they had to go. They were recruiting four and five star receivers. 
every year, but they had to go steal somebody from Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just you can recruit these guys, but if if the kids don't buy in, and let's let's also not take into account we got to take into account the atmosphere that Mullen had created these last couple of years players across the board weren't buying in on on putting in the effort on practicing hard on improving their craft you know i mean you could have the best coach you know two or three of the best coaches on, in the world on your staff but if the mindset of your entire team is man we don't give a shit I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Corey Raymond could be out there coaching every day if he was coaching under Dan Mullen. And if your DBs are just like, man, I just want to get out of here and go hang and go do do the things I don't need to be doing, that that the Alabamas of the world ain't doing, that the kids at Georgia ain't, well, you know, hey. <laughs> you know, I mean, the atmosphere matters. So we know Billy runs a tight ship. We know what he expects of his coaches. It'll be very interesting to me to see how Billy G coaches. He's inheriting three really good young receivers we know of, you know, in in addition to the guys like you were mentioning earlier, CJ, that are in the room like he recruited. So, I mean, hey, let's see the product on the field. Uh, Kerry Colbert laid down a really good foundation for him. I believe these guys are are in moving in the right direction. Like we said, we got young studs like Andy Jean out there to work with. Billy Gonzalez is only going to make an Andy Jean better. I fully believe that. So I'm gonna I'm I'm all for giving it time. Now I don't want to see start see us start recruiting six five two hundred and twenty pound guys that can't run. <laughs> but CJ nailed like, that. You were worried about like uh, like like the idea of all these receivers. All Billy G doesn't know what to do with them. Billy G coached Kadarius Tony. He coached Percy Harvin. He coached Andre DeVos. He has no problem with these fast little the shorter guys. He doesn't he hasn't always just coached six five behemoths. I mean I mean, come on, guys. We've seen what we can do with Billy G. We've seen what he can do as far as a developer. I'm excited to see what Billy G can bring to the table with Ricky Pearsall. I'm curious to see what kind of effect he's gonna have on him. And like I said, I feel like Andy Gene is gonna get better. I know that he's going to do fine with with Wilson and Mizell. He's coached kids like them before. It, it's not like Billy G's coming in here and he's like, "All right, everybody who's under six one, you got to go. Get out, back up the truck. If you can't block, I'm going to get you. You know, it's like they got you at safety now. No, nah, you're coming back with me. You're going to play wide receiver again. That's not that's not what's going to happen. That's that's not it. Like Caleb Douglas gotta, is about to put up Wilt Chamberlain numbers this year, baby. Yeah, like, come on, guys. Like, it's not like he's just putting them, putting them out to pasture. Like, all right, everybody we signed, got to go. No, Billy G's going to be able to coach him. Yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about uh, Ricky, but that's a great one. I mean, Ricky's already got a really smooth game, good route running. Uh, I mean, Billy can only make him better. I mean, you talk about a guy that came back that had thought about late going into the draft. Be nice uh, to see Ricky have a good year and sneak up, maybe be a day two pick in there somewhere. And um, Billy G can make that happen for him. I mean, he's gotten a lot of guys with less talent than Ricky Persall drafted. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Three. All right, guys. Well, you know, hey, he's here. He's the coach. Like it, love it, hate it, whatever it is. We're going to have to live with it, at least for this season, and see how it goes. 
you know, hey, I'm I'm all for it. I have no problem with it. Hopefully it works out great. Hopefully we see some some recruiting uptick here at the wide receiver position going forward as well. Also, one more thing about that before I forget. Yes. We've also it's also another good it's also good because it's left the back door open for David Doker to to rise up the Precisely. Rank. Good point. So good point. You, you've got you got a guy like Billy G. Billy G's towards the end of his career. Billy G isn't going to be coaching wide receivers for the next 10 years. That's not going to happen. So you've brought in a guy, you know, you, you can't bring in a young young guy when you've already got another young guy in the wings that you want to move up. So now Doker's going to be able to learn from Billy G and it leaves the door open to move him up eventually and keep that spot. So so I think that that's another good reason to hire wow. a guy like Billy Gonzalez. A guy like Doker can talk to recruits while they're on campus and whatnot and build relationships going forward. That's right. a great point, CJ. That's a real good it's point. It's a very good point, and I had forgot all about that. I had seen that mentioned a couple other places about Doker, that it's a it's a great opportunity for him to stay on this staff, learn under a proven wide receiver coach, mm. and um, only improve his coaching style. Exactly. And um, possibly be groomed to be the wide receiver coach in waiting if you will, if that's what Billy believes. I mean, there's a reason Billy didn't straight promote this kid to the position. He knows he's not quite ready for it yet. So, and, he had, and he Billy would be a good mentor for him as far as on the field stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, right. and you have Billy Napier, like we mentioned before, as a former wide receiver coach. The young man has two really good examples to pick their brain from about his about his coaching technique. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, It'll be nice to see his development, and hopefully we can keep him around and someone don't come pluck him off the staff sooner than later. All right, guys, we just got a couple of spring notes we wanted to get to. Nothing really out there this week. I mean, nothing – knock on wood. I mean, everybody seems to be doing well and no injury news as of yet. You know, no news is good news in my eyes as far as spring practices go. I mean – you don't you don't want to hear a whole whole lot about spring practices and people this is this is clip watching season. We're all out there watching clips and trying to analyze them from our couch like we're you know professional analysts here. Five yard hitches. Yeah. <laughs> and uh offensive line drills that we think are the defensive lineman drills. <laughs> 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 you know. Um that brings up a good point. Uh, if you've got to see any of Keonta Goodwin out there working lately, that's a big, big young man. And uh, him and Damian George, I believe, are going to battle until – I think these two boys will probably be battling well into fall practice for who's going to lock down this right tackle position. It, it It's going to depend on how, you know, seriously – Goodwin takes the off-season workout regiment and all that and gets his weight to a, where the staff probably wants him at. He's going to have to show that he wants it not only during practice, but obviously off-season, you know. So, But right now, man, we got us some, some studs on that offensive line. By all accounts, uh, Michael Mazuka is the second coming of <laughs> – of our boy here at, at you know at guard he's 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 been he's been a mauler a go-to guy very dependable i really i've heard nothing but good things about how this offensive line has looked during spring and that's encouraging man i mean that's encouraging when you've lost the pieces that we lost 
Billy, Billy made a point to hit into that portal and make sure we got us a couple of good ones. And all looks good despite the loss of weights and, you know, obviously the starters we lost to the draft. Any thoughts on that, guys? Yeah. Uh, to back up what you were just saying, uh, we we needed depth. That was a concern. Uh, so it's good to see those two guys battling out because it's rare that you see guys finish a whole – all five starters – on the old line, finish the season. So have those guys battling that at uh, right tackle is is good to see. I uh, want to see some more from the interior. That was my this is that was my concern. We know that uh, the offensive line, as far as Merch's mobility is concerned, he's not the most mobile guy. So he's going to sit back there, read and, and make his throws. And you want him to be able to be safe back there in a, in a nice pocket and not have his eyes be looking down because. Uh, not down at the rush and, and being able to see the field. So um, that, that that was my big concern on offense. I mean, I felt good with receivers, felt good, of course, with the backs. It was the offensive line. And so far, we're hearing good reports out of practice about the offensive line, so that's good to hear. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we're, we're looking at – I don't even think the battle will be over with in the fall. I think they'll battle through the season. We saw a lot of that last year of guys rotating in and out of the offensive line except for Osiris because it's a good problem to have. You can't you can't take Osiris out of the lineup. And I think Mazuka will probably be like that where you just cannot take him out of the lineup. So I think we're gonna see guys that get rotated in and out. I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, Rod Kearney, I, I still think he's gonna find a way to find some playing time this year. <laughs> I, I think he's gonna figure it out. You know, it might it might take him a little longer because he is a freshman, but I, I think that we can still see some from him. So like I said, it's great. I love the size on the offensive line. We've got a bunch of monsters up there. So, hey, compared to where we were two, three years ago, yes. I mean, this is, this is great. <laughs> I mean, this is I, – I love this. It's seed. a great you know, problem to have. We actually look like an SEC offensive line. Yeah. We don't have a bunch of undersized <laughs> guys out there playing offensive Yeah, line. we don't look like Georgia Tech running the, the triple option out there with some 265-pound uh, – tight ends at, at the offensive line <laughs> position. Um, yeah, the left side of that offensive line is – is I have no worries whatsoever with Barber and Mazuka. You know, I start to get a little shaky when we get to that center position. I'm going to have to see it. That, that young man – that young man's going to have to – he's going to have to prove it to me from the first snap because he's, he's on a short, short leash with me. Not that that means anything. I get it. I don't have no stroke with, you know, who's on that offensive line, but whew, I need to see something from Kingsley. But hopefully, hopefully he takes the next step. You know, we, he's been coached now, going on the second season, being coached by Coach Sale and Stapleton, you know. So we want to see some improvement out of him. And then, like you said, man, that, that right guard, right tackle position is going to be the best man of the week, comes in and grabs it. But it's a good problem to have. There's talent. I mean, there's absolutely talent. You, you've got Farmer. You've got Kearney. You know, um, I know I'm leaving somebody out on that guard position. George. Not George. George is going to be at um, the tackle. Not George. I forgot. Uh, yeah. I his See, name. We're, all, we're all brain dead. Um, and it'll come to as soon as we hit stop. So don't worry about it. you got Jones and you've got Lovett to come in. And Najee, I think, is going to be the backup center. Um Hey. Get him those reps, man. I, I started he, he started in the bowl game. I can't recall his name. You're not really helping us there. Are you We're talking about Waits? Waits? I don't no, know if Waits no, is going to no, play. No, he's not. But, I, I get it. I know. We're all doing the same thing. It's right there. But, you know, it. 
somebody watching this is gonna or listening to this is gonna be like, yeah, comment. Tell me how dumb I am. (laughs) (laughs) You idiots! You don't even know the roster. No, I'm just old and I forget stuff. I forget names. I do not know the fourth string walk on offensive guard. I forget my son's name eighty percent of the time. Y'all don't get on to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, one other quick note of from this week that we heard um, was said in the press conference is Jadon Hill working at star position. We talked last week about Sharif Denson getting some work at star. Obviously we know Perkins is going to get some work at star. It looks like this staff is going to say, Hey man, once again, best man that goes out there and and puts up the best reps is going to win this position. And I'm all for that. I'd imagine if, if you, you know, if you're a fan of football, that's how you should want it, though. Hey, best man goes out there and wins the position and then hopefully shows out on Saturdays. But what's y'all's thoughts on Jadon working at working at some star? Wes? Yeah, I love it. Uh, we we saw – I don't know if everybody saw that workout with uh, Moore, uh, but he has that other side, and then you, you, we already know Marshall's on the other side, so – they solidify that, and if something happens with injury, you know you can always push Jaden back over there at, at corner as well. So uh, we needed some more guys there. We had a, two freshmen and then Perkins balling it, and to see Hill there, uh, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. This is year two after his uh, injury, so hopefully it, you always hear about these knee injuries. It takes two years to feel fully back to yourself or get back as close as you can to yourself. You'll never truly ever be the same, even though the surgeries nowadays have gotten as good as they can get. But uh, to see him in year two move to that, that might be a position he excels at. Uh, I want to see him tackle better because last year he kind of missed on some tackles. We saw him had the two-pick game that won a game for us last year. So uh, I want to see how he – not just him. I want to see everybody. Perkins, to me – uh, has to learn better as far as the defense. Love the true freshman there, um, learning and, and trying to get his his way on the field. And you got the vet in, in uh, Hill there. So I, I love it. And the guy named was Richard Leonard, by the way. I, yes, Leonard, thank you. Look at Leonard. that guy. <laughs> oh, my God, Richard Leonard. So that that, that was the him. guard. So y'all can't call us out and say we don't know it's Richard Leonard. So, but go ahead. Oh. <laughs> um, no, I was just going to say that I'm glad it gives a, a safety net to Sharif. Uh, Sharif is still a freshman. You can be the most talented freshman in the world. You're still a freshman. So you, you, you're going to have some things that you're going to have to learn, and it makes sure that it's just not all on him. As frustrated as we were last year with like guys like Kamari Wilson in the secondary be, being behind uh, Dean and you know Torrance, you, you've got you've to let these freshmen kind of grow. You don't want to throw somebody out there who's used to being a really good player, like a you know big fish in the small pond per se, and then get their confidence rocked immediately. And it is hard for a young player to come back from having their confidence stunted. So it's good to have another guy there to make sure we have a safety net for Sharif Denson to kind of grow and learn into the position as he goes through the, the year. And I'm sure by the end of the year, you'll probably see him on the field, you know, a good percentage of the time. Let me add to this, guys. I, this very may very well may be Perkins' position to lose. I mean, I I don't have a. I like Perkins tackling. I think he's very aggressive. But let's also take into account now you've got Corey Raymond running that whole secondary and coaching this unit together. So I mean, 
I want to see it on the field, obviously. I want to see some improvement, but I don't think that Perkins is is, you know, is bad either. I think it's a good problem to have this much talent at the position to try to battle it to be find the best guy. It's not right. that it's not the athleticism or the capability of doing it. When when he's in position good, to me it's the decision making is questionable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> His his awareness of the defense and where he's supposed to be when he's there he's good but I I, I always thought his it, it was him learning the defense that's why he was behind Trebez. Well, again, and you see a lot of last year especially you've got a lot of guys that are trying to unlearn some bad habits. Very and much when, so. And when you get into a position where you go back to like your default mode, you usually go back into some really bad habits you don't want to you don't want to do. So you've had a lot of guys that were coached wrong for two, three years. Now they're getting coached the right way. They've still got a lot of stuff they've got to unlearn. And that's why you saw the freshmen kind of get it because they, they were kind of a clean slate. Mm-hmm. They're, just, they're, not, they're not having to unlearn anything that they've been taught. Yes, sir. So, guys, that's pretty much all we got this week from spring. I mean, there's like I said, it's not a whole lot out there right now. Things look good. Everybody, you know, the word on Graham Mertz is he's doing really well. True leader. Obviously, we're still going to have to see it on the field. I mean, that's all that matters at the end of the day. All this is right now is just hype for lies on Twitter. <laughs> Talking season. Yes, sir, Wes. Um, if you guys haven't seen it uh... – Armstrong, we're going to put that on our pages uh, as far as Facebook and Twitter is concerned. But I love the energy uh, that Armstrong is bringing to the defense. Patrick Tony wasn't as – he was more of a quiet guy. And uh, Armstrong is bringing that young guy energy. And uh, the, the players had him on his shoulder, their shoulders the other day after practice. I mean, uh, I loved his interview. We're going to put some of those little clippets uh, up on the pages. But – I, I, I like this guy. I think he's going to be a breath of fresh air. He gets air. it, man. He really, really gets it. His his verbiage, his terminologies, just the way he talks about it is is a guy that just is thinking a different defense for every opponent that we face and for the unique offenses that we face. He really seems to have a mindset for each individual opponent, and that's how you got to be, man. There, and, you know, today's offenses and all the wild stuff you see out there, no two opponents are the same. I mean, you're going to see a different scheme week to week. It isn't three yards in a cloud of dust anymore. We know that. I mean, it's, you know, you got to be able to scheme for all these different passing concepts that are out there now. And this guy, just listening to him break it down, he gets it. And I'm really excited to see the players in his system and how they respond. Definitely. All right, all right, guys, that's going to do it for spring updates and whatnot. And, um, man, it's been another great week of Gators baseball out there, except for uh, one man who's um, yep. having a little bit of a hard time and got some, you know, information that no man ever wants to hear this right. week. Um, so we're going to let CJ take it away and around the bases. All right, so uh, we're, we're looking at a – we had a really bittersweet kind of weekend. <laughs> um Kind of so you go and season. you sweep uh, sweep Sienna. Uh, the first night was kind of rough, and to compound that, uh, Wyatt Langford took a uh, a baseball, took a pitch to the uh, to the old boys, the old uh, the grapefruits, and that's one place 
you don't want to get hit with a baseball. Um, he tried to tough it out. I don't know how. You would have had to take me to the hospital then. But he tried to play those two more innings, and, you know, Sullivan, O'Sullivan was kind of like, nah, I know you're you're hurt. Uh, we got some bad news that he did indeed rupture a testicle. Rupture testicle. That's not good. Uh, <laughs> don't really have a timeline on that, but the thing right now is, is looking at like a, a month, over a month. Um, you know, and, and you kind of saw that in the the game on uh, Friday. You know, these uh, these guys were kind of not in their right headspace. They ended up pulling it out, winning, and pitching a great game, which is something we hadn't seen us do to win a game. Was really pitch, and the pitching has really stepped itself up uh, these last few games. You know, you sweep Siena, we take a win last night against North Florida, uh, and it, and again we pitched really well last night. Um, you know, long enough to make sure the bats got hot. Neely starting to get his stuff back after battling the flu has done a good job closing. Um, and the guys are still swinging it. Jack Caglione took back the lead in home runs with 13 on the season. He's batting 417. He's got 30 RBIs already this early in the season. Ridiculous, ridiculous stuff from him. Um, you know, Rivera is another guy who's absolutely tearing the cover off the baseball. Uh, Cade Curland, of course, another guy who's doing it. So we're looking at a great offense, and we're going to have to have the great offense come through this weekend because we're playing the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama coming off of a uh, heartbreaking series loss to uh, to a Columbia, which is a an Ivy League school. But again, that's it's kind of just baseball. Some nights it just doesn't doesn't go your way. So I wouldn't take Alabama for granted. Um, but definitely, we're going to have a big series starting on a uh, on a Thursday night, not starting on Friday this week. Starting on Thursday, so we'll play Thursday, Friday, and Saturday against Alabama at home in Gainesville. Unfortunately, I have a wedding to attend this weekend, so I won't be there. Otherwise, I would have been there for this series as our first SEC opener uh, against a really good Alabama team that has been ranked within the top 25 at points this year. So uh, definitely looking forward to that one. Cheer the guys on. That's always big. You need to take a win in the series, you know, to kind of establish where you're at in the conference. Right now they've kind of got us at, you know, depending on what you look at, they've got us at either, you know, two or three or four. You know, I've seen some as low as four with LSU, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and then us kind of all fighting for those top those top spots. So uh, definitely want to keep an eye on the conference race this year as it's looking to shape up to be really good. Vanderbilt still good as ever. South Carolina's having a great season. Auburn's looking pretty good. So uh, definitely keep your eye on that this weekend. We're going to be on TV this weekend, so you guys don't have to – kind of thumb thumb through your ESPN plus to find the game, but we are going to be playing Alabama. I'm excited for it. Uh, if you're able to make it to the game, definitely go out there and watch us play Alabama. Yes, sir. Pack the stadium, guys. Get out there. Like CJ said many times, should be some nice, you know, moderately warm evenings out there, you know, high, you know, high upper 60s and whatnot. Should be some really nice days to watch a game this weekend out there as we take on the Crimson Tide. Um, so get out there early, man, and enjoy it with your family. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode, man. Not, nothing else really going on in Gatorland. Uh, we're losing in the NIT right now to UCF at halftime, but that's why we don't really cover basketball much on this show right now. It's it's not the best of times to be a Gator basketball fan, unfortunately. And 
maybe next year. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll figure out a way to work that in. If maybe uh, Mr. Golden and them figure it out and do a little better next season. But guys, with that being said, um, we will catch you next week with a whole bunch of new updates about spring and recruiting and, CJ will have the uh, round the bases for you then, and hopefully we've swept on Obama out of town. And with that being said, Wes, take us home. Yeah, uh, we appreciate you guys. Thankful for all your support. Like Hirsch said at the beginning of the show, uh, if you're not subscribed to our YouTube page, please do hit the notification bell, uh, subscribe, hit, leave a comment. Don't forget to like as well. Um, and on top of that, uh, we'll be dropping our uh, – Pot of the People podcast later on this week, so that is exclusively, excuse, exclusively, exclusively. He said, and said, <laughs> just for YouTube, so that won't be on it. Any Apple or uh, iHeartRadio or anything like that. So you're gonna need to subscribe uh, to you, our YouTube page for that. So uh, we thank you for that. And if you, this is a podcast that support our troops. So if you're a veteran uh, or know a veteran uh, or a spouse of a veteran or significant other, we thank you for your service and we thank you for your service as well. Uh, for those who are sponsors of service uh, service members as well. So thank you guys, and go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators.